Today is Monday, December the 3rd, 2018, and this is Life Words Day by Day. This time of year is marked with anticipation and waiting. Everywhere we turn, we can't wait for something to happen. Kids can't wait to get out of school for the holidays. Adults can't wait to get off of work. Parents can't wait to give their kids presents. And the, and the kids can't wait to open up those presents. We anticipate the weather turning colder so we can throw some logs on the fire and enjoy some hot chocolate. We anticipate the arrival of hunting season. We anticipate the arrival of reduced prices for the shopping season. And of course, at some point during this season, we will all probably be waiting in a long checkout line. And all of this chaos and business can so cloud our Christmas season that we forget or neglect to anticipate and long for Christ. To make sure that doesn't happen in our lives, we have Advent. The word Advent simply means the coming, the arrival. So Christmas Advent is the celebration of the first arrival of the Christ child. This is when we celebrate and rejoice that God sent his son to the earth to redeem us from the curse of sin. And one way that we celebrate Advent is by looking back into the Old Testament to see how the people of God in the Old Testament were anticipating the promised Savior. We have one of those promises in Micah chapter 5. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah... From you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. And then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. This text tells us that the city of Bethlehem would be the hometown of this ruler of Israel. Now, all of us know the significance of Bethlehem. When we hear Bethlehem, we know that to be the place where Jesus was born. But what if you lived in the time of Micah? The town of Bethlehem would be about as impressive a town as Humnoke, Arkansas, or Aberdeen, Mississippi. Bethlehem was not going to show up on any maps. There was nothing special about Bethlehem at all. It was small. It was overwhelmingly normal. And yet Micah declares that this will be the place, this will be the tiny city that the starting point of this anticipated Savior takes place. Well, why would God do this? Well, one reason God does this is because Bethlehem is the place where David was born, and it was prophesied that the Messiah would be from the lineage of David. But that's not entirely what Micah is going after in this verse. Micah is trying to paint a picture for us to see that something extravagant will come from something insignificant. God chooses to use something unsuspecting and small, obscure, and out of the way to be the biggest revolution in history. But why? Why does God choose something small? He chooses something as unexpected as Bethlehem so that no one can boast. He doesn't choose Jerusalem or Athens or Greece or Paris or even New York. 
No one can say, well, of course it was Bethlehem. That place is replete with great leaders. Of course, Bethlehem. It has the best teachers and schools to raise up great young men. One pastor says that God chooses a stable instead of the inn so that no hotel manager can say, of course he chose my hotel. I keep it clean and offer the best turndown service and the best continental breakfast. And he chose the feeding trough for a bed instead of a crib. So no woodworker could say, I always knew I built a worthy product. God goes out of the way to help us see that he does not need our efforts, accomplishments, or help in order to bring himself glory. He plans a census and orchestrates a virgin birth and books up a hotel so that no one can say, look at what I helped bring about. He said that the Messiah would come in the line of David, but he waits until that lineage has lost influence and uses a lowly peasant girl from the line of David so that no family member can say, look at what we accomplished. Instead, we are left to say, how great is our God. So he promises to bring forth a Messiah, the shepherd king, in an unexpected, unsuspected way to bring glory to himself. And there's coming a day when the shepherd king from tiny Bethlehem will serve as a victorious warrior. You see, Christmas is the first advent of Jesus, but there will be a second one. And Christmas reminds us that we should be anticipating and longing for Christ's second coming. And shouldn't the New Testament Christian's anticipation be even brighter and greater and filled with more joy? Because we know what Christ is like, and we have experienced his presence in a very real way. The Old Testament saints had clues to the mystery, and they rejoiced over that. But the mystery has been unveiled to us. So I'm praying that this Christmas builds your anticipation for the return of this shepherd king who will one day wipe away every tear from our eyes. From the LifeWord team worldwide, broadcasting in 43 languages to 121 countries and to an audience of 2 billion people, we pray that you'll walk with Jesus day by day.